Coffee with your spouse is like capturing happiness in a cup. She's the cream of my coffee. And he's the sugar in my cup. I'm Teddy. And I'm Jenny. You're, You're listening, listening to, to Cream, cream in, in My, my coffee. coffee. The content of this podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We like different clothes, foods, sports, people. So why would it be any different for our sexual preferences? You've definitely heard of foot fetishes and bondage, but there's basically a bottomless well of things that turn people on. You'll often hear people refer to these interests as sexual kinks or fetishes. But what exactly are fetishes and sexual kinks? And why do people have them? Hello and welcome back to another episode with Teddy and Jenny. What's up, everyone? With our cream and our coffee episode, uh, appreciate everybody listening to us today. You know, we keep the coffee hot and conversation even hotter. We're not your typical marriage podcast, so keep tuned. So before we get any further, we definitely want to put out and a disclaimer on today's uh, episode. So if uh, for any reason this particular episode is extremely explicit, lots of um, uh, sexual orientation of all kinds of different things that we're going to be discussing is definitely not for the little ones at all. And if this kind of topic of sexual matters... um, in graphic detail in some instances, if this may bother you, you may not want to listen to this episode. Yeah, feel free to skip over this episode if this is not your cup of coffee. We completely understand, and we'll hear from you next time. All right, well, I have my coffee and my creamer, and it's time to get brown. You got me, baby. All right. So on today's episode, this is something that I think some of you may want to hear maybe not i don't know but it's going to be about kinks and fetishes <laughs> you're speaking my language <laughs> <laughs> now we're not talking about the kinks in your hair or the kinks in other places in your your arms and legs and backs this is really the kink itself in a sexual way so the kinky side of you just like the drink Woo-hoo! here we go so <laughs> What is the definition of a fetish? Well, a fetish is an is an attraction to an intimate to intimate objects, body parts, or situation not commonly viewed as being sexual in nature. A kink is a little bit different. It's more more of a sexual interest, behaviors, preferences, and fantasies that are thought to be creative and outside. Of the, of the mainstream. Mm, I can think of a couple of things right now that we can be creative with. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to uh, give our listeners our own personal issues, so we're going to go on with other other topics for today. And there's a whole lot, man. I, I can't wait to get through them. And I appreciate all of you that wrote in 
for the last month on my lives, I've been telling everyone, you know, write in. We were going to do this episode. Actually, I think it's been more than a month. I think it's been like two or three months. We were planning to do this episode, but we wanted to wait. We wanted to get feedback from all of our listeners and viewers on our lives to see what you guys had to say about the things that you like. Some of you chose to stay anonymous, and we do have lots of letters, and uh, some of you chose to, you know, say your name. Um, At the end of this episode, we will be going through those letters. We only chose about, I think it was five, only for the fact being that we got hundreds And for time's sake of this episode, we knew it was going to be rather long, I guess you can say, due to the fact that there's so much to talk about when it comes to sex. (laughs) There's lots to say when it comes to sex, you know, preferences and how you feel, what you like. So uh, let's get to this. Yeah, so thank you for those that have submitted our topic for today and uh, all that we're going to get into again, it's just... Some of this stuff I, I can't believe, but we got to talk about it. So, diversity of sexual expression. There are many cultures and society, society, ooh, societal contexts. Are you getting nervous? <laughs> my tongue's getting tied. It's in a kink. They're about to be. <laughs> societal uh, contexts that treat sexual behaviors as taboo, leading those who seek sexual pleasure to feel they are somehow a bad person. As a result, it can be hard if you have grown up with these beliefs to feel comfortable with, uh, you know, the concept of healthy sexual relationship, let alone to form a positive view of diverse sexual expression. I feel that there's no shame, you know, sex is a beautiful thing, especially if you're with somebody that you truly care about and you're with that person, it's not just a physical connection, it's an emotional bond as well. And I feel that however you wanna express yourself, live and let live, right? Why should you be ashamed of who you are or who you love or what you want to be? I mean, be you. As long as you're doing things that make you happy and you're not hurting anyone, be you, do you. I agree. So this is uh, this is definitely a personal preference. Um, and those of you are in uh, healthy relationships in, in general, it may be a conversation for the both of you or maybe other types of relationship <laughs> that you may have several of you. However, should I be ashamed? This question you want to ask yourself. We often hear people confess to feelings of shame around what they deem to be an embarrassing fetish. They say they've tried to hide it away from their partners for fear of turning them off or scaring them away. They may even go as far as believing that only filthy people have unusual fetishes. So, let us stop you right there. (laughs) Damn, if that's the case, then uh, we must be really dirty. Let's go shower. I mean, hell, like I said, do you, be you. Be happy. You shouldn't be ashamed of what you like behind closed doors in the bedroom. As long as you're comfortable with doing what you want to do that pleases you and your partner is comfortable with it, there should be no shame. I know personally growing up in a religious um, household, you're always told, you know, to save your virginity for marriage, that you shouldn't have any sexual thoughts and so forth. 
Reality is, regardless of what you believe in, even when you're younger in those teen years that you're going through puberty, you're going to have those sexual thoughts. You're going to have those fantasies. It's really hard to control. It's just a part of growing up and going through life. It's just, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Everyone goes through these emotions. Everyone has their kinks and their preferences and their fetishes. No one really talks about it because it's a taboo subject. That's why we're discussing it today. Lots of our viewers uh, that follow us on social media, it, this wasn't our episode, this was you guys' episode. There were so many suggestions, so many emails coming in regarding this topic because no one wants to talk about it. So of course we will. <laughs> this is something that you'll have to get more in tune with yourself and with your partner. You don't have to not talk about it or feel embarrassed in any way or feel the shame. I know that uh, religious beliefs in for most turned a lot of these things away. But why hide it? Why hide it from your spouse or yourself? Share it with the person you love and hopefully they are open and, and able to accept it as well as they may have their own that you're not aware of depending on how truly how conservative you may be as an individual or your relationship and or within your own personal beliefs. That's something that you have to take a deep breath, realize you have your own personal urges and preferences and being able to explore them instead of hiding them and containing them somehow or hiding that containment. It, it's not healthy. I would, I would say express it. Hell yeah. Like Madonna said, express yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a, here's a great one now as we get a little bit further into it. What does the actual science say? There have been several studies that show that people with fetishes who enjoy and practice kinky sex are actually better communicators and benefit from a better mental health and lower likelihood of experiencing mental health disorders. So, in short, being a kinky person, having some kind of fetish, means you're not going to have any mental issues. Oh my gosh, that's like a win-win, especially with uh, mental health, you know, with mental disorders being on the rise yearly. This is of actual benef beneficial, I can't even talk right now, damn it. <laughs> this is beneficial to so many people in relationships, especially if you have family members who have mental health issues that could be hereditary. You definitely want to look into this. There's nothing wrong with behind closed doors having those kinks and fetishes and the science is there. And you know, we always talk about the science behind everything that we preach on here. The science is there to back it up. It's actually more mentally and physically healthy for you to have one of these fetishes. So as, as we've all come from, uh, from a COVID period and being pretty much locked up most of the time, I mean, there's a lot of things that you didn't know about your significant other, your partner, friends, family members, some things that you love, some things that you absolutely hate. I know we found out a lot about each other. This is something probably you might have discovered along the way. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. But if you did, good for you. If you did it, you need more discovering discovery phases with you, with you and your partner. Okay, let's stop the podcast. It's time to go discover. Come on, I'll be Dora. <laughs> We're not exploring nothing, Dora. No swipey swipe. I was 
excited. Oh my god, that was that was what I was gonna say next. Swiper, no swiping. <laughs> okay, I think that's the way it goes. I, that's all I can remember from the kids watching it. So, managing the shame now. Let's let's work into that. Say you have it. Now it's time to manage through it. You can move towards overcoming and managing any sexual shame you might feel in a number of ways. Open up to your partner and discuss the subject with them. This may feel a a difficult thing to do, but you can find the time when you're both relaxed and easily gent gently ease gently into the conversation. <laughs> that oh uh, whoa, I don't know where that's going, but I need to stop touching you. <laughs> Well, you might find they're excited excited by your kinks, actually. Uh, yeah. Failing that, they might at least decide to share some of their own experience of sexual attraction. If you're not at the stage where you're ready to share your unusual fetish with your partner, make sure you're not bottling things up, like I spoke about earlier. Practice self-care. Surround yourself with sex-positive people. And if there, if there are people in your life who are contributing to these feelings of shame, establish some boundaries around them. Look in the mirror and try some affirmations. Tell yourself, I'm not weird. <laughs> I can't tell myself that crap. We yeah. both know that's a lie. <laughs> if you are weird, it's okay. Embrace your weirdness. I am weird shit. I embrace that shit every day. Let me get back to talking to myself. <laughs> I'm talking to myself now. I'm not weird. It's okay to ask for whatever I want. I deserve acceptance and respect. Ruha, okay, here we go. Well, baby, I'll respect you all the way. I'll respect your mind, body, and soul. Come on. <laughs> Keep on telling you. Your parents are listening. They they will not listen to this episode. I don't think much uh, family members will listen to this episode. I do not recommend anyone that knows us listening to this episode. You'd be surprised. Some of the things we say on here, we don't say to our families face to face. No, we are true selves. We don't even act this way around our family. Like the way we are, I guess on our podcast, we're kind of just us. Uh, we are totally different when it comes to being around our family. More conservative, you know, respectful. Yep, I think uh, we probably wouldn't be getting invited to any family events after that. But we are here, live. <laughs> stop. So. Just stop. Remember, if you trust someone enough to share your uh, innermost secrets and desires with them, that's a wonderful thing. And no matter whether they respond positively in that, they're happy to share in those fetishes. Or they need a bit more time before taking part. Both of you deserve respect in the way you communicate with one another on this subject. Again, I'll respect you. (laughs) And if you're particularly worried about your sexual preferences or can't get past the sexual shame, perhaps consider sex therapy, either with or without your partner. If nothing else, you'll be able to talk things through and put your mind at rest that you are completely normal, not weird. But we've already established I'm weird. That's totally different. I'm okay with being weird. Where's my weird as at? <laughs> so, yeah, it's... It's okay, like I said earlier, to be you, as we're discussing. There should be no shame when it comes to your desires in the bedroom. As long as you and your partner are comfortable with it, that's all that matters. Because a relationship is between two people. And I think a lot of times, 
people forget that when it comes to friends and families, everyone's opinion all of a sudden is valid when that's just not the case. A relationship is between two people and behind closed doors, that is between you and your significant other. So if there's kinks and fetishes that everyone else will say, oh no, that's not normal. You can't do that. Uh, yeah, you can. Because if it's you and your partner and you're both comfortable with that, then do it, you know? Why not? All right. So now that we got the uh, beginning of fetishes and kinks out the way, here we go. And this is where it gets either some of you have already heard a lot of this or this is the first time that you're hearing it. But we're going to go through the 10 common kinks and fetishes to actually explore. And these also came from letters that our listeners wrote in. This is where we got all these ideas from. And we just took, like uh, Teddy said, the 10 most common ones to discuss. I'm going to go through, this is probably one of the most common fetishes that you will hear or know about. Foot fetish. Foot fetishes are the most common fetish in America. You may want to explore a foot fetish if a pair of cute feet or, or nails catches your eye. One way to explore a foot fetish with your partner might be to spray perfume on your ankles and give a good foot job with lots of lube. Okay, well, that sounds like fun. I mean, you like feet. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I wouldn't want a foot job. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I might be able to do that because my feet are kind of talented, but <laughs> we'll, we'll save that one. Foot fetishes, however, that was the most thing that was mentioned in letters that we received from our listeners. I can't, e I can't even count on my fingers or toes how many letters we got regarding foot fetishes. So it is the number one uh, fetish in America, as told online and as told by our listeners. I mean, everyone likes a really pretty foot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I'll love to, you know, have you with your feet done nicely and manicured and uh -huh. all dazzling and all that. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, anything more than that, I'm not, nope, not my fetish. <laughs> no, I get that. I mean, totally. But like, if you ever were, like, I am talented with my feet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So moving on to the next one. This, this is a. Uh, this is a little different. This is this next topic or kink is erotic humiliation. Erotic humiliation is a consensual consensual. I was saying sexual. Yeah, I consensual know. Consensual like, act mm. that involves humu humiliating a person during any type of sexual acts. You may want to explore erotic humiliation if you fantasize about being told to kiss your partner's boots or hands on command. Others enjoy being put on a leash and walked in public. Oh, wow. I, I think we've seen some kind of documentary on, was it Netflix? You know what I'm talking about, right? I can't remember no. the name of it. No, we've seen something. It was like a year and a half ago regarding this. And it was um, Dominatrix, something like that. Maybe it was just me that seen it. Just you. <laughs> It was a good documentary, okay? Might have been. And we mentioned Netflix a lot. It might have been. But, um, yep, yeah, you're not putting me on a leash and walking me nowhere. This is not my cup of coffee either. 
just the thought about it, now I, I can understand how some of our uh, family members, which are our dogs, might feel about that. Although they may enjoy it, I sure as hell won't. I think that if one of our dogs seen us on a leash, even in the house, they'd be looking at us like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is mom or dad doing? What? <laughs> that would be weird. I love when you talk. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> <laughs> weird like your wife. Yes. Um, the next one that we're going to discuss is rope bondage. Rope bondage involves, of course, using ropes to wrap, suspend, or restrain a person. Shibari is a Japanese style of rope bondage that focuses more on the artistry of bondage. That actually sounds kind of beautiful. Well, it probably is be something that um, they'd use with uh, calligraphy. So from Japanese, they are very, very artistic in, in general. Yeah, rope bondage, that doesn't seem like too bad of a thing. Maybe, I, I don't know. Um I guess if you're the type of person that uh, that enjoys roller coasters and intense activities, this is probably the bondage for you. I would assume that you'd like to be tied up and being able to able to lose control, although you, you think it's controlled. It's like controlled chaos. Controlled chaos is like, hmm, let's think about that. Massimo. No, I was thinking about the other crap that I was talking about. It's like once a month you go through oh controlled my gosh. chaos. <laughs> I'm sorry for that offense, anybody. It's just a joke for me and Jen. We always joke. He's always joking. I'm always laughing about it, though. It is funny. Once a month I turn into um, the enemy in this house. Apparently, I am not the nice person. <laughs> but, I mean, this this isn't... When I hear rope bondage and the definition of it... This brings me straight back to 365 days. I mean, instantly, like, I'm going to a scene in my head in particular. You guys, if you haven't seen that movie, again, it's on Netflix, 365 days. It's an amazing movie. I I love it. I can't count on my fingers or toes how much I've watched that movie. Part one. Part one is the best. Definitely um, look up the movie and you'll see what I'm talking about. But there was a lot of rope bondage and, like, bondage period whether he was using what was it cuffs uh all kinds of stuff i mean there's things in that movie that i mean unless you're a handyman to a pretty skillful degree you're not gonna have that in your bedrooms um but it looks cool i mean if we didn't have kids we'd we'd probably definitely like <laughs> i couldn't imagine any one of our family members coming through a tour of our home and seeing what the hell is that chain linked up there? Why are there cups around? <laughs> well, why do you no. have silk sheets? That's why you have a secret bedroom. Kind of like, uh, what's that other movie called? Oh my gosh. What's the other movie called? That's, um... What, it's on the Fifty tip Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. See, Fifty Shades of Grey, dude had a point. He had a room, lock and key, you know? And she was thinking she was going to go see a PlayStation up in there and they were going to play. Uh-uh. So. <laughs> yeah, but that's like uh, like we all have a curious, just insanely cousin or family member that may just want to be as curious, more curious than what you what you want in the be. But uh, they'll probably want to know what's in there and or accidentally try to get into that access. Again, lock and key and just say it's storage. That's all you got to say. <laughs> okay. It's a great idea. Next house, definitely. So um, kink number four is voyeurism. 
You want to explain that, Teddy? Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know why, but talking about this and sitting this freaking close to you, I'm more nervous than usual. You guys, we broke one of our microphones. I'm not going to say how we broke it in the office, but um, <clears throat> it's broken. So we have one mic and we're sharing it back and forth and we're having to sit extra, extra close today, which is just talking about this. It's really hard. All right. Voyeurism. It's when uh, someone enjoys watching others having sex or participate in intimate moments such as uh, undressing. You may enjoy this if you enjoy people watching over engaging with people. It's consensual. So as being a uh, like a peep and ton, that is non-consensual. It's creepy and can be rightfully landing you in prison. So make sure that you and your partner and or whoever you're doing this with, actually you both are consensual. That way you can enjoy something and may give one per one or the other person that pleasure to fulfill this uh, fetish. So what we're going to move on to uh, nylon fetish. So we're doing just a top 10. This is number five. Uh, people with a nylon fetish find pantyhose, fishnets, and stockings sexually stimulating. You may have a, a nylon fetish if you prefer having sex with your partner wearing panties or fishnets because you love the way that it looks and feels you may even like the way it smells it does have a, a distinct odor i'm pretty sure if you enjoy pushing your panties to the side our mesh one piece is perfect for a freakum dress so think about it like you got a one piece onesie that would probably be ideal for you just to just to clarify this nylon fetish there's so many individuals that probably find it like how many of you how many ladies maybe even men wear lingerie for example i mean it's something that that you do to create a level of sexiness for your partner um, a heightened level of attraction and you may like it like there are many things that you may like on top of just plain lingerie. Maybe you like heels. Maybe you like an additional toy on top of that. Maybe you like to do a little dress up with some kind of fishnet stockings. Or you may have different color tones that you prefer with that. So nylon fetishes go a little bit, a little bit further. I think it gives you more of an appeal to the your your body and it's a preference there's nothing sexier than a pair of pantyhose and some uh some nice tall heels right babe yeah exactly now you know my dumb self now that we're talking about this just for jokes probably when you end up falling asleep i'm gonna end up just peeping at the side of your bed with a nylon on top of my head <laughs> well. just to scare you I, I, that was something oh, I was just God. thinking about. I, right? can, I can't imagine how many, uh, how many of you, uh, back when you're a child, possibly, nylon was huge at a certain time period of your life. Most likely, those you're maybe a little older, and uh, who can remember maybe playing with your mom or grandmom's pantyhose over your head, and or seeing older movies with robbers uh, rob robbers and and thieves and those kind of individuals with pantyhoses around their head babe were you one of those that did that i did that for the fun of it 
I hope my mom doesn't listen to this and she realizes that it's probably streaks and stuff from her pantyhoses because I put them through my head. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I never did that as a child. The only thing I did was I used to wear my mom's high heels and like mesh gloves and all that great stuff. Madonna days. <laughs> the next uh, fetish what we're going to talk about uh, is pregnancy fetish. A pregnancy fetish, for those of you who don't know, is when someone has a sexual attraction to a pregnant and lactating woman. So, I've actually heard of this when I was pregnant with our first son from one of my good friends back in those days. And uh, I'm not going to say in detail what she said, but I know that her partner at the time did like um, the lactating milk that she was lactating at the moment. He desired it. It did something for him. I would say that would kind of freak me out. For me, that that's something that uh, I I couldn't get into just because of the kids. Kids truly utilize that, so I, I couldn't find that as... I'm saying that's nothing wrong about it. However, just me personally, it turns me completely off. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, Teddy. Um, but that is a preference, and we're not knocking on it, you know, um... There's a lot of stuff on this list that we wouldn't do, but we're not knocking on any one of these. Like I said, to each its own. And believe it or not, Pregnancy Fetish, it was the 107th most popular porn search on the internet. So this is actually really big. And no, don't hurt the baby if you decide to indulge. <laughs> so, you know, those of you that may be pregnant, I think that w what probably this goes upon, the only thing I could I could suggest or think of is everything is engorged on a woman when you're, when you're pregnant, or those of you that have been pregnant before. One, that's one thing. So you may have an attractionist to, or most individuals do have an attractionist to pregnant you know, individuals. The other thing, too, is the, the glow. Everything is just... In, I would say inflamed, but just ex, um, filled. So the lips, the the uh, the cheeks, and the woman's face is a little more rosy than usual. You know, everything around the the woman's body is just that much more. It's like pumped. If you ever go to the gym, you work out, and you get an amazing pump, which is your muscles start to get saturated over a period of time as you're working out harder and harder. It's the same thing goes with pregnancy. Everything about a woman's hormone completely changes, and it just plushes everything about them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pregnancy is a beautiful thing, and women that are pregnant are very beautiful, glowy. I can understand how people would be attracted to this. To me, that, that makes sense. The next number seven is uh, cuckolding. You know, like there are many individuals that like doing this, and this is a huge fetish across the country. Uh, cuckolding is is a fetish where you enjoy watching your partner have sex with someone else. You may have this fetish if you enjoy power play and dynamics. However, I couldn't fathom someone else being with my partner. That's like polygamy, right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, I mean, it's polygamous, uh, it's, it is a part of that. However, these are folks that are probably more into the swinger category that have uh, free range and or um, some are in a committed relationship to this point. 
some are not some of those folks are more exploratory in their um, sexual nature uh, they may not have a problem with this Good. i i love you and i'm all for trying new things anything that you want to try not this this to me when i read this i look at you and i just think early grave <laughs> <laughs> that that's all there is to it early grave so, and there, there's a lot of folks that that um, may think about this, and sometimes doing something like this may change your whole perception of your partner, and things may not go back to the way they are. Just a word of advice: if you're thinking about doing some of these fetishes, and or you've thought about it in the past, how would this simple act of completing a fantasy or a fetish or a kink? Can or could it possibly change or project change the trajectory of your current relationship? That's a really good point, though, that you have, and I'm glad you brought that up, because a fantasy is just that a fantasy, unless it's a lifestyle. Because there are some people we actually met. You remember that girl we met? Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say where we met her, but we met someone just through passing some store that we were at. We had a really wonderful conversation. She was so sweet. And she was in a polygamous uh, relationship. I'm saying that right, yep, right? Yep. So her and her partner were very cool with uh, being open to, you know, whoever they were with. And that was a choice of life that they lived. So it wasn't a fantasy. It was the way that they lived, which was their choice. And I think there's a big difference if you just have a fantasy and you want to fulfill something one time. That one time could change the whole dynamic of your whole relationship and what you have established building the love the respect the trust with that person over one fantasy because a fantasy is just that like i said a fantasy it's after the aftermath the after repercussion what's going to happen afterwards are either one of you going to regret it and is it going to affect your relationship but that young lady that we we had a conversation with and she opened up to to more me and told me about her lifestyle. It was a lifestyle. So there was no regret afterwards because it was how her and her partner lived all the time. You know? All right, so our, our next one, number eight, is klismophilia. This turn-on is one experienced by people who find enemas arousing. A Greek term, klismophilia, refers to the pleasure someone experiences from relieving themselves while using an enema. They enjoy the pressurized feeling for others it's the feeling or knowledge of having their balance cleaned and in other cases it's all about giving someone an enema or preparing the body for an enema most klesmophiles discover their fetish after having a uh, doctor recommended enema in childhood i don't know about you but i hated enemas as a child anytime I had to get that that was uncomfortable for me not my cup of coffee but I respect those who enjoy that so those of you that don't really maybe understand some of the terminology of what this is instead of googling it I'm going to let you know what it is so whether you have children or not those of you may have seen this or know what I'm talking about there's a, a little blue round device that normally is there for sucking out a uh, gook um, or something out of your child's nose mouth uh, 
it's 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 a it has a long slender end on one end and it's like a pocket of air so you just push it in like a like a handball and at the end of it it's like maybe three four inches long uh, needle nose uh, plastic rubber piece that sticks out to normally put that into your nose your mouth and remove um, any kind of mucus or things like that that piece there is what you would use to practically put in your anus and fill it with fluid and that is what this particular fetish is contains of so that you have a little more graphic detail and information about that you are now informed again not knocking on this to each its own and i respect anyone who enjoys doing this but this is not my cup of coffee teddy i love you to pieces but if you try to get near my butthole with <laughs> anything like that, I might just punch you in the throat. <laughs> yep, I'm not doing that at all. Again, no disrespect to anyone who enjoys this. We are not knocking on anyone. This is just, for us, not our cup of coffee. We do have kinks and fetishes. It's just not on this list. So our ninth topic, or uh, kink, is actually called praise kink. It's uh, someone with a with a praise kink becomes aroused when they are given positive affirmations, compliments, confirmation, and appraisal uh, from their partner about their appearance, behavior, or personality. You may want to explore praise kinks if someone saying, good girl, good boy, turns you on. So this kink in general, I think praising one another, I think, goes a long way. Which person do not want to be praised? Hold on, let me give you a standing ovation. You did it, baby. You did it. Good job. Or <laughs> those of you that may know this, and I hate to make a, a funny reference to it, but maybe we needed to talk about it. How many of you have been with your partner? They've gotten all dressed up and or they've gotten their self uh, you know, whether they've shaved, they got a new haircut, different clothes, outfit, maybe a slight variation of their makeup, those of you to wear makeup, and you didn't notice the thing. All the time. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you definitely want to start praising now because that may be a kink for them. Yeah, I mean, that's, I wouldn't consider that a kink, being a woman. We need to hear we're beautiful. We need acknowledgement, Teddy of when we um, get dressed up, our hair's done, our makeup's done really good, our nails are done, we need acknowledgement. That's what women seek is acknowledgement from their significant other. That is not a kink. Those are two different things. I have to correct you on that because, boy, the next time I get dressed up, if you don't notice, <laughs> it's a problem, okay? I think your friends put this list together. <laughs> All my followers love me. No, they love both of us. But no, I mean, it's a, it's a thing just we want to be acknowledged, you know. That has nothing to do with being praised. Being praised in bed is something totally different. I mean, we praise each other, you know, differently in that aspect. But that's, that's totally different than acknowledging how we look in appearance. You look good every day. And I tell you every single day. All right, well, thank you very much. The next one we're going to go into... Financial domination? 
Yeah. Is that what it is? That's that's what it is. Financial domination. Okay, well, financial domination. I believe is also a short term for it's called FinDom, if huh. I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Um Financial dom- domination or FinDom is an interesting kink where the submissives give money and gifts to their dom dame or dom. Usually submissives use harsh language towards their subs. Lots of people may enjoy FinDom, but be careful as there are lots of scams within the online community. I'm sorry, you just said money or gifts, and I was just thinking of you, like, making it rain money. <laughs> you know them videos we'd be seeing? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's where the whole practicality of maybe the strippers come into play. I mean, hey, you know, that's that doesn't sound like a bad kink. No, I, I agree. I think that, um, I mean, every I think every couple or relationship out there you do some form of it, whether you realize it or not. But does it translate into a fetish? I don't think so. Maybe it does. Who knows? I don't know. You're going to make a rain tonight. <laughs> Maybe it's a reward system that you put up and you have no idea. Get some dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last but not least, unless Teddy, is there any other fetishes that you wanted to talk about? No, I mean, there's, there's so many. There's just the probably the most common 10 except for one out of the 10 that we discuss uh, more about there is so many different versions fetishes kinks styles that is really catered to you as an individual so if you're into this stuff i would say go out there research it you may be um you may have a, a kink or a fetish that you don't even know about or that's relatable, and that'll help guide you to what may be going on with you if you have something you're not certain of. So you can label it, you can understand it, and then you can go further depth in it too. I mean, hell, we need another lockdown if that's the case. We discovered a lot of things about ourselves during those uh, that lockdown, which was just, it was great. I mean, I guess it did have its benefits of getting to know each other better. But we took this episode and we took all of your letters. We took the 10 most, I guess, more vanilla fetishes and kinks that we discussed. There were so many other good ones. But unfortunately, because of time with this episode, we could not fit them in. If you guys want to hear us do a part two, let us know. Email us at creaminmycoffee97 at gmail.com if you want to hear more of this topic. Before we head on out, we are going to read the letters that we were uh, given permission from their respected authors that gave us permission to do so. We chose uh, basically four letters. We do have an audio clip that I would like to play for you at the end of this segment. Again, with the permission of the respectable uh, person that sent in the voicemail. We have a voicemail that we will share at the very end regarding this person's letters. But Teddy and I are going to start reading. Uh, Teddy, I would say you could read the first one. All right. To the best part of uh, today's episode are the letters. So uh, this first letter topic is, I like being tied up. This is from one of our um, followers. I'm assuming one of our followers. Hey, Teddy and Jenny. 
So far, I love your podcast. It didn't start off the greatest, but after the second episode, I knew I will continue to listen. I'm glad I did. I seen one of Jenny's lives on TikTok. She said you guys were doing an episode about kinks and fetishes and asked people to write in regarding their own experiences. Needless to say, yes, I follow all your social media platforms. Please do not say my name if you choose my story, which we will not. I want to remain anonymous. No problem at all. I like being tied up in the bedroom. It gets me excited to know my boyfriend can do anything he wants to me. I have absolutely no limit. He enjoys knowing that as well. I won't get into anything more. He does a lot while I'm tied up. Okay, sounds like fun. Yeah. I just really like being tied up. Okay, <laughs> this person really likes being tied up. Sex is not enjoyable for me unless a rope or handcuffs are involved. Is that weird? No, absolutely not. That is not weird. That actually goes with one of the kinks that we talked about, correct? The rope fetish one? Yeah, yeah that was one of the rope fetishes that we talked about. Um you know, this person probably likes calligraphy or something in that Japanese culture. However, ropes being tied up, uh, maybe they're a huge fan of roller coasters. I mean, there's nothing wrong with um, ropes or handcuffs or any kind of restraints, I feel. Again, 365 Days is my favorite movie on Netflix for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean... One, I appreciate you taking the time to write to us and um, being able to share your experience. And, uh, you know, I'm sure your your boyfriend is having a great time with you and you being able, you both being able to uh, experience that level of, of heightened pleasure. Absolutely. Have fun and be safe and just live as long as the two of you are enjoying the moment and enjoying the pleasure that you're receiving from it, go for it. Okay, letter number two is entitled, All My Life I've Been an Intense Claustrophile. My name is Clara. It's not my real name, so feel free to use it. I've enjoyed small spaces and enclosures all my life. I'm fortunate enough to be married to a wonderful, dominant woman with a taste for sadism. She likes expanding my limits, and I don't mind. I have a six-hour work day and come home, then enjoy being confined for 10 to 12 hours a day. Our favorite activity involves imprisonment and a rubber-lined body bag. The rubber body bag has two zippers, one for the mouth and one in the groin area. My wife satisfies me and herself while I'm sealed in. I enjoy feeling trapped while she pleasures me and herself. This is the first time I'm speaking about this openly. I'm embarrassed embarrassingly scared of what people will think of me and my wife. It's already hard enough being criticized and stereotyped married to a woman. This is something really personal that my wife and I do. It's something that I think a lot more couples will enjoy. I just want to say thank you so much, Claire, for writing in and letting us know what it is that you and your spouse enjoy. I don't see anything wrong with that, so please do not feel weird or do not feel shameful. Again, to each its own. If you enjoy it, and you and your wife are both taking part in pleasure in it, 
then there's nothing wrong with it. I've learned so much from actually researching after you wrote us in. And I didn't know what a claustrophile was until I researched it. I think it's fascinating. And I think it's very empowering knowing that you yourself, you, you can be enclosed in uh, such a tight, small space and enjoy it. Me personally, I'm uh, claustrophobic. So to me, that, that wouldn't be ideal. I'd probably hyperventilate. But I do applaud you and your spouse for actually taking pleasure and enjoyment in this. You said small, tight spaces. Oh, gosh, Teddy. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, incredible um, courage to write about something like that. Uh, taking the time to, you know, air out something like this. Although we don't know who you are and uh, and being anonymous, you know, to that extent as well as all they use, a, if, you know, Clara as your name. Um, this is, uh, this is probably something that I have no idea about at all. I, I had no idea that something like this existed, especially in like a body bag. Yeah, same. This is the first, there's a lot of first on here that you and I have both read letters that we weren't certain of and we've never heard of. This is one of them. So this must be just, uh, maybe... Uh, and giving empowerment to someone else. And I guess it's a form of, of dominatrix in some sense, I guess. I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming so. Things that I read said it was also for the person who's in, I guess, the body bag or so forth. It's a form of safety, kind of like being in the womb of your mother before you're born. It's that safety, that comfort. And people actually find comfort in this, which I found very fascinating. I, I guess that I can understand that. Like, I guess I wear a seatbelt for safety or have my gun on me. <laughs> I mean, no, but you know what I mean? Like that, that closeness, that enclosure, the warmth of it, it's kind of like being in your mom's womb. That's what I've read. I I don't personally know, but I, it's what I'm assuming. Like I can understand like, you know, like a baby before they're born, they're in that close, you know, tight space. I guess those of us that, uh, you know, we're sleeping at night, maybe a sheet or a blanket and you cover up real tight with, maybe that's something similar. But, uh, yeah, we all have our quirks and I appreciate you sharing with us. Thank you so much. You're very brave. So our next letter, um, our topic is my girlfriend likes being choked. Who doesn't? <laughs> okay, I've heard a lot of different, before I get into this letter, i heard so many different potential problems with being choked as well as pleasure as well however i'm not 100 percent sure feel free to use our names okay cool i changed both of our names for the story my girlfriend likes being choked lightly never too hard one of the first times she told me to do this we were having crazy rough sex and ended up making her pass out Oh my goodness. That's insane. Okay. When her eyes close, I immediately stopped choking her. At first, I wasn't sure if she passed out or was playing a, a joke on me. So I kept having sex without the choking. Once I noticed she was moving and... She uh, wasn't moving. Oh, she wasn't moving. Excuse me. I panicked and stopped. Man, that would freak me the hell out. Yeah, yeah. I could see. 
I tapped her um, lightly on the on the face until she came to. I was so relieved. I noticed she wasn't moving, and I panicked and stopped. Hmm. Okay. I tapped her lightly on the face until she came to. I was so scared I couldn't finish even though she wanted to continue. Brother, I don't even know how the heck you stopped. But okay. It really traumatized me and I haven't choked her since. Wow. I mean, that's that's something. I think that that's scary. Can you imagine you're having sex with somebody you really care about and you're choking them, you're pleasuring them, but then they pass out and you don't know that they pass out. And then when you realize that they're passed out, like, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd want to have sex anymore after that. I don't know. Um, there's no need to have a, uh, a, a rape drug or anything. Like that. <laughs> Just pass the hell out. <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened to you. I mean, that is traumatizing. And I can understand why you wouldn't want to choke her again. I think that if she really does enjoy being choked, that you should try to get over that fear as traumatizing as it is. And just by basically holding her neck a lot looser and not as tight and basically having her let you know if it's too tight um, some way or shape or form. I'm sure she can tap you before she passes out. I think that's what could happen, but maybe try practicing just a lot, lot lighter on that hold. I know sometimes when you're having intercourse with your significant other, you get lost in the moment and you kind of forget that, okay, I'm choking them. This is what I'm doing. And I can see how that could accidentally be a problem and your, your person could pass out. But next time, just pay more attention to how hard you're grabbing her throat and see if that'll help. I know that it's a big fear of yours now, it sounds like, and I can see why. I mean, if it was me, I would be fearful as well, but you never know until you try again, you know, and get it right. It's just like when we lose our virginity for the first time, you know, usually those first couple of times you have intercourse, it's, it isn't the greatest, but you try and try again until you get it right. Yeah, I agree. But uh, the other thing I would suggest as well as that is maybe try choking yourself out. See if maybe you you personally are strangling or choking a little bit too firm, too soft. What feels right for you may be a good way to practice before using it on your girlfriend. Now, your girlfriend may be the one to say maybe she wants to feel more or she wants to have more pressure at certain times, but you need to be able to manage that. I would say give it about a a 10 second rule, something that you know you can't make her pass out or possibly even, um, you know, something even worse happening. So I would I would monitor that as you go. That's actually really good advice, Teddy. Yeah, definitely try practicing on yourself and, and do the 10 second rule. Like like Teddy said, I think that's a really good idea to get over that trauma. Um, we have another letter. Letter number four is titled, I'm a sex addict. Hi, my name is Amber. Feel free to use my name. Most of my adult life was spent being a sex addict. You may not believe that it's possible to be addicted to sex. I didn't understand it at first. Some might call me a nymphomaniac, which is by definition, someone who can't control their sexual behavior. Compulsive sexual behavior ruled by my young adult years. It came to the point that I lost control and needed to seek help. 
I used sex as a coping mechanism when my mom died. Anytime something would happen in my life that was too much to handle, I would cope by having sex with random people, sometimes at bars or meeting people online. It got dangerous. There are a couple of times where I placed myself in a really bad situation. I'm really grateful to be alive after the things I've done. Attending Sexaholics Anonymous probably saved my life from the self-destructive nature of my behaviors. I'm in a better place now. Still enjoy lots of sex, but with one person, which is now my fiance. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) He understands me and doesn't judge me and my needs. I've learned to cope better with emotions in a positive way. For anyone who enjoys having sex as much as I do, please be safe out there. There is such a thing as too much. And if anything you enjoy is controlling your life, then it is an addiction. If this makes it on your podcast, then thank you, Teddy and Jenny, for taking the time to read my story. Well, congrats. It made it on our podcast, girl. Yeah, uh, Amber, appreciate you writing about that story. It's saddening that you had to go through that much and and um, having to put yourself, your mind, body, and uh, just personal well-being through so much. That's hard. For those of you that, that may be going through that now, you are worth more than that. And you you definitely need to seek some kind of help or medical attention. Don't utilize your body as a pawn. You're worth more than that. And we're so proud of you, Amber. That takes a lot to realize that you had an addiction. Most people with addictions don't realize it. Or when they do realize it, it's just too late. So I applaud you for that, that you are coming forth and saying, I had a problem and I got help. And that is an inspiration for a lot of people out there. There is help and there is a thing as too much of something. If it's like you said, if it's too much of something and it's controlling your life, it's an addiction, whether it's drugs, alcohol, or sex. And I think that was wonderful that you went to Sex Anonymous to get the help that you needed. And congrats on you and your fiance. You guys are going to live a very happy, incredible life. I can understand coming from a place of losing someone I cared about, my mother. That was someone that I did love and I didn't have closure before she passed. I didn't cope with it in that way. I don't think actually I still have coped with her passing, but I understand that you were trying to seek something to soothe you at the time of you grieving. And I I completely get that coming from a place that I lost my mom too. I still haven't coped with it. I don't think I know how, but I'm learning. Teddy is helping me more and more every day and i'm sorry for the loss of your mother and thank you so much for writing in amber yeah thank you again amber um i'm just i'm glad you're able to find the help you needed the value that your fiance is putting in with you and your your relationship now uh, it goes a long way and i'm really proud of the fact that you've uh able to make a change for where you are now today all right so our last um it's not a letter, it's an actual voicemail that we received from one of our followers. Uh, we appreciate that. It's pretty um, compelling to hear it, which you, you guys will hear. But uh, we do re- receive voice messages from, from Spotify, uh, and that's how we receive some of the voicemails and information from you guys. Uh, or any other social media um, 
outlets that we carry and or email if you prefer to email us like some of the letters we receive. We'll link it in the show notes if anyone out there wants to leave us a voice message. We will definitely link it in the show notes for you to do so. So the voicemail that you guys will be hearing is um, he is mass. I mean, obviously you can hear that. However, I mean, I think it was vital to hear their story directly. I think it would be more impactful than Jenny and I just reading it verbatim, um, hearing it from directly from an individual. Uh, we're, we're not doing any kind of interviews or anything like that. However, this, I think we wanted to pull out that it was, it was so interesting to hear. I think you guys would enjoy it. Absolutely. We're going to play that voice message uh, for you now. Uh, the author is calling himself Courtney. His voice is disguised, but uh, he wants to remain uh, private for this matter, even though he's sharing his story. And we both, Teddy and I, applaud him for coming forward to share his story. My name is Courtney. Society would classify me as a nymphomaniac. I'm addicted to sex. My first discovery for my thirst with sex was after losing my virginity at the age of 16. I've had over 300 partners in my lifetime. I have to have at least three orgasms daily. I spend up to five hours a day having sex or pleasuring myself. My sexual appetite has ruined friendships. All my friends think their boyfriends will eventually sleep with me. No lie, in the past I have slept with some of my friends' boyfriends, but not all. I've had threesomes, and I also enjoy having sex with both men and women. It's not always just about the sex. Sometimes I won't have sex with someone I'm with for months. I can go out to dinner, go to the cinema, do normal couple stuff. I've been in serious relationships and have actually been faithful numerous of times in my lifetime. There are other times I have slept with about 30 men in a month. But for years, I had regular partners, and that was just that. I feel that you should have an emotional connection with who you have sex with. And even though I enjoy sex, and I have sex quite frequently with a lot of people, I am very picky when it comes to who I share that emotional connection with. I live an average life. I'm pretty boring at times, actually. My sex drive may be higher than some, but it's healthy because I'm positive about it. I have incredibly safe sex and get tested regularly. I'm perfectly healthy. I can't change who I am or how I act, and I wouldn't want to. Well, uh, that is our conclusion of our episode. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, today with all the different topics and all the different pieces that we were trying to put together for you, make it a compelling episode for you. Hope it was entertaining, um, hopefully not too gut-wrenching, but educational at the same time. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us. We appreciate all your support, your love, and... Uh, allowing us to have this platform with all of you that that listens to us on a, on a regular basis.
And we absolutely love all of you out there and appreciate your support and dedication to this podcast. Teddy and Jenny can be found on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Please visit our store on Bonfire. You could either find some really cool Teddy and Jenny merch or support multiple sclerosis awareness. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode and don't feel ashamed to explore your freak side. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Right, Teddy? Yep. Um, I need some affirmation on all kinds of stuff right now. Please applaud me. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Go, baby. I love you like I love my coffee. Hot, hot, hot. 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 Muy caliente, papi. <laughs> <laughs>